This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, alongside me, as always, is Dave Oster. And this is the third take. This is the third take of our intro. But if <laughs> you are listening, it means we got it done on the third take. And today, we are going to be talking about three main topics. We got the Houston Rockets, if they are a true threat to the Golden State Warriors. We talked about it last year, but completely different scenario because of yeah. CP3, oh. the third take. We're going to get this right. Then we're also talking about two people in trade rumors, talking about Paul George and Mark Gasol, where they will Go, should they be traded? Yada yada yada. It will be fun because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about trades, and trades are always fun. Who doesn't love trades? We always love. You know, we don't have tinfoil hat Ricky on us. On we can, this we week. can try to impersonate that. Yeah, because he's going to be at Star Wars. But we will at least try to impersonate it and at least give you the best and worst trades possible for both Paul George and Marcus Alba. Before that, we want you to do three things. First, if you're on iTunes, give us five stars. Fast Break Podcast, Primetime Podcast, The Onside Kick, and Rick and Johnny. Give us. All, all most of a podcast, five stars on iTunes. It'd be a huge help to us. Dave, don't laugh again. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, huge help to us over there if you're able to go and do that. We'd love you. We'd appreciate you if you did that. Also, go to patreon.com slash most of podcast. Christian, Pat, and Jake have all been on podcasts. They've all been a yeah. blast to do so far. Well, actually, Christian has it. We gotta get Christian I think he's on. coming up. Yeah, Christian's going to be on soon. But he's. I, I got a feeling he's going to be great as well. Because, yeah. I mean, we're two for two for so Absolutely. far with Jake. And Pat, they've both been great. If you want to check out those tiers, we got the $10 tier. That's where Jake, Christian, and uh, Pat are currently at. We also got the $2 one where you get the exclusive Patreon podcast, and it's the video podcast. We got a ton of fun stuff over there, so go check out patreon.com slash podcast. And finally, we're selling shirts. Dave's not wearing it today, but we got small, medium, larges, and XLs. There's description. There's directions in the description down below. Check it out if you're interested in an MVP shirt. But Dave, let's jump into the soggy shooters. Let's jump into the damp dudes. We were talking dudes that have water on them. We're talking about <laughs> wet boys. Who's your wet boy? My wet boy this week, come on, is it not obvious? It's Nico. The man has come back from the bench and just decided that, you know what? Fuck the tank. I'm winning games, and I love it, because he's, he's just dropping shots out there with confidence that I've not seen in quite some time. And he's one half of the one-two punch. Yes, even more important, he's one half of the one-two punch. I, just, I love it. Like Somehow he figured out, like if I play really well now, maybe I'll get to go to a better team soon. Mm-hmm. And I think it's totally working out for us. Unfortunately, it's anti-tank, but Nico has been phenomenal. He's playing a little bit more back to the basket. Seems like he bulked up a little bit more, more comfortable. Honestly, the guy has been killing it out there for us, and he is the main reason why we've been winning these games. Yeah, and Nuka's stats so far have been absolutely impressive. He's shooting high percentage. He's also made a best friend along the way because him and Bobby Portis, even though they had their their disagreement, they've seemed to bond together. It's kind of like my cousin used to live, quick story time, my cousin (laughs) used to live next to me, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was Jeffrey. We called him Jeffrey because his dad was Jeff. Um, and there was one time, I forget the fight, but I did not want to talk to him. And we lived next door to each other, oh, so it was rough. super awkward. Yeah. And I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to hang out with him. I hung out with him every single day, and I was mad at him for about five hours. But then we got over it, and, oh. and, and we hugged it out. So, that's, that's and, nice. and now we're pretty good friends. So yeah. I, I feel I have a feeling Nico Bobby Portis will definitely be friends. Uh, but, yeah, Nico's been absolutely impressive. 24 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game, 61.9% from the field, and 55% from three. Also, again, like we said, he's making a BFF along the way. And 3-0, most important. Actually, 4-0 since he came back. 4-0 since he came back. The first game, he was a little shaky. He was was working his way in. Exactly. He still won it, though. He's working his way back from concussion, (laughs) multiple face fractures. He's coming back. He's looking good. Shout out to Nico Miritich. Hell yeah. And also, I mean, like you mentioned, the trade talks. He's going to be, I think, exempt in January. He could finally be traded in January. Yep. yep. So then, you know, you look at that contract. It's not terrible if he's going to be putting up these numbers. No. Two years, $20 million, That's pretty nice. It's scary enough to think Garpax may just keep him. Ooh. <laughs> you could probably get some decent picks. It's so high. It's so high immediately. Uh, but it is putting the, the Bulls in a situation. If they want, are going to take, they're going to get some value back. Well, let's go to my wet boy. Having a better week than Nico Miritich. I mean, I don't know if such a thing could be said. Uh, he didn't. He didn't get the wins. I'll tell you that. Yeah. His team went two and one, but Drew Holiday popped off. Twenty nine points per game, six assists per game, two point three steals per game, fifty eight point nine percent from the field, Ooh. and fifty seven point nine percent from three. Him and Echuan Moore were popping off. Wasn't Boogie? Wasn't yeah. AD? It was him. Drew Holiday was making his money, and Echuan Moore popping off for the Pelicans. Both guys had career weeks. They were, they were absolutely on fire this week for the Pels. And now you're looking at it. You look at the Pels. 
Drew Holiday is able to keep, you know, not exactly this up because I don't think he'll be able to keep this up. Yeah. Um, but if he's able to at least, you know, bring 20-plus points per game, he's able to, you know, dish out assists, he's able to shoot at a high percentage, each one more able to shoot at a high percentage. And then you got Boogie, who's a monster, has been a monster this whole season, and a healthy AD, you're looking at a 7th, 6th, 8th seed in the Western Conference right there, especially if those four guys are starting. And you're just hard snubbing up. the reason why they're doing so well right now. Rajon Rondo, oh, yeah. pretty much the My point guard returned. And he's out there creating opportunities for all these guys. Mm-hmm. Credit to Drew Holiday for finishing, though, because honestly, he he's he needs to live up to that contract, and he's popped off this week. So absolutely wonderful job to him. But yeah. gotta ask for that shit with a Rondo. They just need a three. They just need someone to. Pull Solomon it. Hill's hurt. Maybe he'll wing. come back eventually. But I think he's, he's not a, a good. Three. I think he's out yeah. for the season. Oh, is he done? Yeah, I think, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty sure Solomon Hill got injured at the start of the season. Fair enough. Was out. I just season. remember he was out. Not exactly sure. But those are our wet boys. <laughs> Tell us who your wet boys are in the comments down. Below, I know Anthony, who is a, a big Pistons fan, was trying to get us into, uh, you know, put a piston. I think Tobias Harris oh. or Andre Drummond in there, and uh, they're looking pretty. They're looking pretty soggy. Yeah, they're, or maybe dry. They're dry. They're dry. Right. Drummond now. had a couple of games though, but but not recently. But they're not winning. Yeah, and we like putting winners yeah. in our wet boys. True. It's alliteration. But anyways, tell us your <laughs> wet boys down in the comments below. But anyways, we're moving on, and now we're talking about the Rockets. And if they can upset the Golden State Warriors, we obviously know the dynamite team that is out in Golden State. Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. We know this team is absolutely dominant. This team is unreal. Probably the best run we've seen in the playoffs in a long time, if not of all time, last year. Looking at the Rockets now, they get CP3 in the offseason. Now they've won 11 straight, all with CP3 on the court. They're undefeated when CP3 is on the court. So looking at it, out in the Western Conference, you finally think, Dave, that CP3, Harden, and this Rocket offense that D'Antoni has... And defense. Yeah, but I mean, the whole main attraction is offense. We talked about this last week, that like the coach is actually... It's not really about the system that they're being put in anymore. It's really about the coach, how they're playing around them. Right. So at least looking at it, though, this Rocket team, this offense, this defense, CP3 and Harden, do you feel like they have the chance to... Not only upset, but beat the Warriors and possibly come out of the Western Conference Finals. I actually do. I think this team has a legitimate shot. This is, it sounds crazy because honestly, like, we've never seen a collection of talent like the Warriors. Like, this is just bizarre. Four all stars on the team, scoring champion, MVPs. I mean, it just, it, it's, it's absurd the amount of talent. But at the same time, I don't know that we've seen a team with three point, with, with a roster built out so well for one specific function, and that's high-efficiency shots. It's threes that are high-efficiency because the majority of the time, ball movement creates opportunities, and then extremely high-efficiency shots down low, whether it's pick-and-roll going to the hole or whether it is just Clint Capella and alley-oops everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Their offense is dynamic. Their defense has been performing better than anybody expected. Honestly, this team right now should be the scariest team in basketball, and... I think that if they go into a series, it will be close. I, the only concern I have is, like, this is going to say everybody's healthy, and this goes for, you know, both ways, whether, mm-hmm. yeah. whether we're State, talking Steph's Houston health or, you know, Harden both, or anybody. Both healthy. both healthy all the way through. I honestly think it will be it would be a seven-game series, and I would right now, right now, yeah. and the season's not over now, I would right now say it's, a, it's like 50-50 in my mind. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm very on the fence on this. And the weird thing is, is like I even toss in the Spurs having a chance purely because of Pop and Kawhi. Well, and and you also look at the Spurs too. Lamarcus Aldridge looking yeah, like the old Lamarcus like Marcus, Aldridge. Yeah, he's he's and I think Pop even said I was trying to coach him the wrong way. Yeah. I just let him be who he is, and he's he's looking fantastic. But yeah, what what for this Rockets team though? Because you seem to be uh, well, maybe at, on the other least, side of this. At least one. I'm at least looking at the Rockets. The thing is that that worries me is. It's just the opponent that they're going up with. Yeah. Because against any other team, I would say they're probably the second or third best team in the NBA. If you want to go with the Cavs, I completely understand that. Yeah. But you look at how this team's built, how they've been running so far, they look unstoppable. And the thing is is that you don't need both Harden and CP3 out there to be effective. We saw without Harden, or without CP3 when he was yeah. injured, Harden was great. He was a two-time wet boy during He's, that. He was just popping <laughs> off left and right. And then you look at CP3, he has the ability to be a facilitator, to be a scorer out there, and that's something that's really been helpful. And you, when you do that, you're going to get rest for CP3. You're going to be able to at least you know, hold back and, and not you know, re-aggravate re, um, an injury or anything. Mm-hmm. We know that he's been injury-prone before right. with CP3, so you don't want to you know, risk his health. And with Harden, he was completely gassed in the playoffs last oh year. Oh, my God, yeah. So now you get the ability to give him you know, less minutes. You get to take time off his you know, workload, and you're going to have a fresh 
trust James Harden, not only in the fourth quarter, but when you go up against the Warriors in the playoffs. And it's something where this team isn't ridiculously deep, I would say. The Rockets, I mean, they have, they have some pretty decent depth. They trade yeah, most of it away for for CP3. They got rid of Decker and Lou Will. Uh, Lou Will and they got rid of uh, Beverly. So, yeah. I mean, they got rid of most of their depth, but they have... But they kept, got, they kept their wing talent, yeah, which is the most important thing. And, and they've added it, too. I mean, yeah. you, you see P.J. Tucker out there. You see Trevor Ariza still out there. I mean, they still have depth. And they went out and got Luke Mamamute. Yeah, Luke, yeah, Luke Mamamute. And he'll be back. He's only hurt for a couple weeks now. Everything cleared out, thankfully, in mm-hmm. his x-ray. So, so and, and looking at it... I'm just worried a little bit about the fact that they're going up against the Golden State Warriors because yeah. everything can be fine and dandy for them. You have CP3, you have James Harden, you have both of them being rested and healthy. You look at their wing situation. Trevor Ariza is a good defender. You look at Luka Mamamute, great defender as well. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not like they're going to be able to stop KD, but they can slow him down right. maybe a little bit. And then you look at Ryan Anderson. He's a turnstile defensively, but he's <laughs> ridiculous shooting threes. Yeah. And Clint Capella is looking like one of the best rim protectors in the he, NBA right now. He was, he was on the MVP rankings. Yeah, he's like He climbed his way back up there. He's like seventh or eighth Ridiculous. in the MVP ranking. But, I mean, looking out there, I mean, I wouldn't say he's the MVP no, at all. No, but, but the numbers he's pointing out and the efficiency and just contributions. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. Yeah. And that's something where we look at the Warriors. Everyone on that team, they do what they exactly need to do. So, at least going the reason why I, I, I'm worried about... The, the Warriors, it's it's not anything, you know, the fact that the Rockets can't do exactly what they need to do. I think I think this Rockets team is great. It's just the fact that you have Steph, who is probably the best three-point shooter that we've ever seen. Yeah. Clay gets hotter than a microwave mm-hmm. out there, hotter than a toaster. Yeah. Draymond Green is one of the most versatile players in the NBA right now. And then you throw in Kevin Durant. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I get that Andre Iguodala is looking old out there. He's not looking like the same Iggy. You look at Sean Livingston, you know, Livingston's great, but is he truly a six-man? Truly can he be a guy right. that, you know, keeps up the scoring? when Steph, Clay, and, and Durant are, aren't out there. You could look at Steph, Clay, and, and Durant too, and you know, you look at their usage, they're not being used that much, so that's something that at least benefits them, same with Draymond. Um, but then you look down low, I would say Rockets have the advantage with Clint Capella. But I think Overwhelmingly, the, the, yeah. The one thing that at least makes me worry is, is just the track record the Warriors have and the fact that you saw that they were so dominant last year and the only team that really gave them trouble was the Spurs for three quarters. Yep. And and that was until Kawhi went down. And I just feel like, at least looking at this Rockets team, I feel if we see another absence where CP3 goes down or Harden looks completely gassed out there, that just completely takes them from being able to compete with the Rockets to being the fourth or fifth best team. In the Western Conference, yeah, I mean, because again, we mentioned I mentioned that they were so good without CP3, but I don't know if that's going to be you know consistent. Right, and I completely understand those concerns, and that's that's one of the things is as long as they can keep that backcourt managed between CP3 and Harden going back and forth, and honestly, CP3 has been un ungodly. Like mm-hmm, the turnover to assist ratio is just incredible. He, he plays so clean. He's such a smart player, and I agree. If if you can run in the playoffs where both of those guys are healthy and can get decent amounts of rest, I'm not concerned because what we saw last year was hardened gassed and also game-planned against. Like, there was clearly the easiest way to shut down this Rockets team was if you can stuff up Harden, if you can play physical on Harden up front and don't let him do those ticky-tack fouls, which his free throws have gone way down this year, but he's mm-hmm. still getting it done, which is even more impressive, I think. But if they could trap him and play physical, he, he really was that entire offense. He was what got the ball rolling. Now that they have Chris Paul... They've got two weapons, equally scary, and I think that that balanced out this team. And my only concern is really if, you know, a team like OKC goes into um, just ISO Durant, which is just like you, said, you can't stop that. Yeah, you can't you can't well, defend that. And the thing too with James Harden is you know what he brings at least so far with him and CP3 on the court is that he's been ridiculously efficient. Yeah, I mean, shooting forty eight percent from the field, forty two percent from three. He's now you know like you mentioned, you're able to take away ball handling duties from him. And he's still a great shooter, mm-hmm. and, and that's one thing that now he can play off ball. He can come around screens, or he can just literally take a break for a whole play and just let. Clint Capella and CP3 yeah. go pick and roll and, and just at least dominate there, and he could just take time off. So I, I think the, the pieces are there, and I said this last year, the pieces were there for the Rockets to do this as well, that you know this team, the way that they can score, the way that they can put up points, is all there for them to beat the Warriors. I think overall, though, it's the fact that CP3's health is still something that worries me, and I know we said take injuries out of it. I think if, if right. we take injuries out of it, the skill, the ability to score is all there. 
But the one thing that I just worry about is the intangibles of the Warriors, the fact that you have four players that work, that are probably all top 15 players, I mean, at their best, top 20 at least, if you want to at least Where stretch up to there. Arguable. Yeah. Yeah. So 20, we'll just say top Dranklin, 25. Yeah, fine. You could say top 25. You have two all-time <laughs> greats yeah. in, in Steph and, and Kevin Durant. You also have the experience together, experience that, in the playoffs as well. That, I, mean, I think, counts for a lot. We didn't even talk about that. It's the fact that they did the incredible run last year, mm-hmm. but they've been in the finals three straight years. And now it's coming back to, okay, another year. This is a Rockets team where, yes, they got to the playoffs last year, but they're completely gassed. They were shelling themselves. The year prior, it's just well, how much gel time during the playoffs, how much did that build up and they experience? That's that's the kind of thing that it doesn't show up on paper for this Warriors team, but something even on top of their talent that's just like, oh, yeah, they've got that going for them. And, too. and the thing, too, is that I think that you look at Chris Paul and you look at James Harden, and those two guys need to be the only two gelling out there, really. Because, yeah. I mean, their game styles are going to work with you know cardboard boxes out there. Um, but... At least so far, you see that they're they're gelling, and no, that's something that you don't have to worry about. Gelling was the wrong phrase. Maybe. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, I think it's just the experience in the playoffs yeah. that is going to help them. Because I mean, everyone talks about CP3 choking in the second round, um, but I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. But then <laughs> you look at, at at Harden. I mean, Harden hasn't been dominant in the playoffs again. I mean, it's not like he's had a ton of help when right. he's been in there. But I think looking at it, I feel the experience of Steph, Clay, Kevin Durant, and Clay. If you're able to at least, if if one of them, you know has a bad night, you have three guys to pick him up. Right. Where with Houston, you have Eric Gordon, but Eric Gordon's been inconsistent so far this year. He has been outstanding. Right. And then you look at Harden. If Harden has a bad night, then it's all on CP3. And it's not like CP3's been, you know. Well, you still got Clint Capella. You got Clint Capella, <laughs> but then again, Draymond is such a physical and good defender that if he's able to guard the pick and roll and he's able to at least slow down Capella yeah. and make a tougher, sh- you know, make tougher shots for him, then it's going to be something that you know is, is going to take Capella out. So then you got CP3. Well, that, that's one of the. Did you get a chance to watch like the Pelicans game against the Rockets, mm-hmm. where they just abused like both having Harden drive in and having Clint Capella play baseline. And it's like choose your own poison because if you guard Harden, he flips it up to Capella. If you guard Capella, Harden has an easy drive to the basket. But, but like, those thing, kind of plays that they run often enough, like you have to have answers for those. But they do. That's the thing is, I you look at the Pelicans. I understand AD Boogie uh, and all those guys. I, I I don't remember exactly. The AD lineup, was out. Yeah, so, AD yeah. was out. Um, but the thing with that is, you got to look at not only the lineup, but you got to look at the coach. I mean, Steve Kerr is. Uh, right. I mean, Steve Kerr is a great coach. Yeah. And and you know, well, not, not, when he's out there, you know, not maybe. to bash. Elvin Gentry, but I mean, <laughs> Steve Kerr is a fantastic coach, so he's going to be able to game plan around that, and I know people look at the opening game where Houston did beat Golden State, but then again, you can't really take too much into it. It was only a one-point win. Yeah, um, it that was, was an at, incredible way to start the season. Though. Yeah, it was at Golden State, <laughs> but again, it's something where you even look at, you know, you look at Harden, will he be able to shoot 43 from the field, 44 from three and put up 27 points per game and oh, yeah. 11 assists and six rebounds. I say, what's his average right now? It's those numbers, yeah, pretty but, much. But he's he's not going up against Golden State every night. <laughs> I and know. Then you look at Gold, you know, Chris Paul. So when we get into team, a series where you know you learn the ins and outs of a team, that's where you're concerned. You think but, that's where the Warriors' experience takes over? Yeah, and I, I think one thing, too, I mean, you look at the first game, too, Chris Paul was hurt. Yeah. So, like, we, we haven't seen exactly what Harden and, and, and Paul can do against the Warriors this yeah. year. We'll see on January 4th when they play each other. But I think the reason why I have difficulty saying that they will do it is because it's the Warriors. Right. And we look at exactly who the Warriors are, who the Warriors have been this entire year and this entire you know span with going from Clay, Draymond, and Steph to going and adding uh, KD. Yeah. I feel like you know the experience, the coaching is all there for the Warriors. And if I had to you know bet my mortgage and house on it, I'm not <laughs> blinking. I'm putting it on the Warriors. Yeah. And it, I don't care how well Houston's been playing. I don't care if they're 11-0 with Chris Paul or 12-0 with Chris Paul out on the floor. It is December. It's December. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, like, even if you take, you know, uh, what, I mean, technically October, right? October's when the season starts. Yeah. October to, uh, you know, April, whatever, that's completely different than the NBA playoffs. That's right. completely oh, different changing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a different feel out there. Plus, you don't know what's going to be happening in the first two rounds, what the confidence levels are going to be at. And I feel like even if the Warriors don't blow through the first, second rounds, they'll still be able to at least get up and, and be confident going up against the Rockets because they've been there before. They know they're a better team. They know they have mm-hmm. Steph and KD out there. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be interesting, and I think that's why the January 4th game is going to be so interesting because yeah. you're going to have to see you know what CP3 and Harden, if both healthy, can do against you know the Warriors. And, yeah. and I feel like... If it's going to happen, 
I think for the Rockets to win, I feel like Steph and Clay are just going to have to have awful, awful series. We, and not we even watched like, that happen. Yeah, and that's for the playoffs last year. But like, it's going to happen. It's going to have to happen for them to actually pull the upset. Yeah. I mean, they had terrible series last year. Yep. They still won. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's the, <laughs> they're the Warriors, so they can do that. It's mm-hmm. like we still have an MVP and a Defensive Player of the Year candidate yearly. So, you know what? No no sweat that our guys aren't hitting their shots right now. So if you were going to have to say which team ne- needs to make a move, if if you're going to look at the Rockets, do they need to add you know more wing help? Do they need to add more shooting? Or would you look at the Warriors and be like, you know, we need to add more bench pieces? Because I know Jordan Bell's been there. Jordan Bell's been, Cash considerations. been on there. Yeah. Um, but do you feel like I refuse to use his real name? Which which team do you feel like needs to add more? Because again, Iggy and Sean Livingston have been great before. But we don't right. know if they're going to be consistent. Right. I, I think I cautiously want to say that the Warriors should look for some help out there, and it's cautious because again, you don't want to you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to kick anybody out because you have had consistency in that locker room. You have had these veteran leaders really help guide that second unit and. When I look at that team, it's it seems crazy to be like, now nah, they need to go out and get somebody else. They don't need to. Neither one of these teams needs to do anything. Mm-hmm. But if they want to help their chance, I could see if either of these teams going out and getting someone, I could see them doing it. I could even, hell, I could see like the Rockets making some weird play for like Nico. Yeah. Just it could happen. But I, mean, I see the Warriors as a team who might want to tweak something. And the one thing too is is looking at the Warriors, at least with the people that they did bring in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's also interesting to see what they'll do with Nick Young. He's only getting 13 minutes right now. Yeah. Um, he's been in all 27 games, but he's shooting a pretty decent clip, 41% mm-hmm. from three. Um, we know he's a great shooter. We know he can pop off. I mean, last year he had a career year pretty much. Or not a career year, but he had one of his better years, yeah. uh, putting up 13 points per game for L.A. Um, I feel like it could definitely be interesting to see what the Warriors have on that bench and how much they'll actually explore that going, yeah. in, going through. So I feel like if a team's going to make a move, it's going to be Maury. Because the dude's a maniac, and he's <laughs> going to yeah. try to do something to make sure they win. Um, if I had to put my, my money on it, though, it's, it, there's no way Rockets beat the Warriors. I, I feel like you know they have the skill and everything, but if I had to put my money and say, yeah, if pick, I'm putting pick a winner, Warriors still. Yeah, it, you can't bet against the Warriors right now. But I think it's been 12 games compared to three years. Yep, I agree. So, anything else? No, I mean it's just it's hard to argue with the fact that the Warriors are who. They are who we thought they were. January 4th will be a huge telling sign. It's like Just don't punk us and like sit three people. That's all I yeah. ask. Well, I, don't think, I don't think they're going to do it, though. I feel like if it's a primetime game, prime game, they can't, right? They, they sort of can. There's loopholes. Okay. Anyways, tell us if you think the Rockets <laughs> can defeat the Warriors in the comments down below. Do you think we're out of our gourd? Do you feel like the Rockets are easily the best team in the NBA? Dave almost said it. Uh, I, I, I Bill, think I had a punch of chance. You almost said it. I'm just saying, before we hit record. Yep. You I did. almost said that they were the best team, and then you went with the loophole and said, well, record-wise, they are. <laughs> so do you, tell like us, it. do you feel like they are the best team in the NBA? Do you feel like they can finally take down the Warriors, and maybe we'll see a different team in the NBA Finals this year? But let us know in the comments down below. I do want to say, though, you know, you look at the Chicago Bulls, the team that they, you know, the record they shattered with 73 wins, mm-hmm. three years straight to the Finals. I know Jordan left basketball, yep. but maybe the three years is over. Maybe it's only a three-year window <laughs> for NBA teams. Let us know down in the comments below. But anyways, we're going to move on now and we're going to talk about Paul George and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Right now, this marriage has not been working out. And of course, Colin Cowherd recently just compared it to his divorce, saying that Sam Ooh. Presti needs to realize that the time is over and that they should separate after 25 games where the Oklahoma City have put themselves into the eighth spot in the playoffs where they are 13 and 14 currently. But you look at it, obviously the contract situation is pressing because Paul George is going to be a free agent after this year. They yeah. do not you know, resign him yet to an extension. So looking at it right now, it hasn't been a great matchup between Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony, getting rid mm-hmm. of Enos Cantor, getting rid of Victor Oladipo, getting rid of these guys who are having success. Demonte Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis, getting rid of these players that are having success in New York and in Indiana. So, so far, the question we're asking is, should the Thunder trade Paul George? Honestly, it kind of feels like a cheap, like, it's not working for us right now. We might as well try to get some value back because, look, if you're not winning with this lineup as it is, you're not going to be able to convince him to come back for a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's just you got to be realistic, okay? See, like, I feel bad for saying it, but it now is too early. I agree. I think 25 games is too early. I think by the time you hit, you know, 40, 45 games, you will have a cement idea of what this team can and can't do. And honestly, like, when I looked at the team, I was like. It should be a good fit. We'll get, like, Olympic Carmelo Anthony. He'll be a spot mm-hmm. shooter. He'll be having fun. 
Um, and then Paul George, great two-way player. Yep. He's got a good shot, very good catch-and-shoot player again. Uh, but this offense has just stumbled out the gates, and they have no continuity. And I don't. it's not Paul George's fault, per se, but he is having a down year as well. And I think that it's just all around his fit in OKC, not not going to work out long term. Yeah, and I mean, you look at Melo. Melo can't be traded, really. I mean, he's yeah. he's got extensive contract. The NTC works. baby. Yeah, you look at the way that he's even playing right now. What is he really worth? I mean, so far he's having one of his worst shooting career uh, shooting uh, at least performances of his career so far. So it really hasn't been a nice workout so far uh, with Carmelo. Hasn't really worked out with Paul George so far. His last four games, he's had 19 field goals and 20 turnovers. And you look at Westbrook. Westbrook has some nice stats, but if you actually look into it, Westbrook's not playing well. So if you watch him play, you know something's wrong. He doesn't move. Doesn't move. He doesn't move. He doesn't move. Is that how you run offense? I think no, it doesn't. I think the problem <laughs> that we got to talk about first is, is Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah. And you, the you, elephant in the room here. Yeah, you can talk about the ringer and saying the the Thunder have a, a Russell West, Russell Westbrook problem, but it's true. Yeah. I mean, right now, I feel like again on paper it should all work. Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is a great distributor when he when he has the ball in his hands, when mm-hmm. he's trying to create, and you have two great shooters in Paul George and Carmelo Anthony that are much more than just shooters. These yeah. guys that are you know high level scorers, guys that could possibly be putting up you know twenty eight points on yeah. their own team if done it before. So I look at it and I just see that you know I think all of this stems around Billy Donovan and it stems around Russell Westbrook, the two guys that have been there so far. I'm not going to blame this on Sam Presti because right now you look at the move. We all thought it worked on paper. We all thought it was a great move. We look at the reaction that we had on the fast break when Ricky was was here, and I think it was just you two when the trade actually happened. I wasn't here because I was either at Pitchfork or Riot Fest. But the whole thing was that this team is now going to be you know a fourth you know a, a fourth team in the Western yeah. Conference behind the Spurs. Uh, they have the firepower. They have the all stars. They have the they have the individual talent. So the the, the move wasn't bad, but no. now it's just looking bad, and I think it's looking bad because there's a lack of movement on that offense. There's yeah. not space for them to get open. It's just not gelling so far. So at least looking at the 25 games that you've seen so far, do you feel like there's the opportunity for them to gel? Not you know again, take away the fact that they're all great players in their own right. Do yeah. you feel like there's the opportunity of, for them to gel, or do you feel like with all the at least you know? Uh, Egos that are there. Carmelo has an ego. Yeah. Russ has an ego. Paul has, George has an ego. Not a bad thing. Star players have egos. It is. Yeah. Do you feel like it's going to be a detriment and something that they cannot come over? I I think this is honestly on what will go through Russ Westbrook's head. He he is the linchpin of this offense, and it it's honestly like Billy Donovan. Like if you can't get through to him, this is now multiple superstars who do not work well with him, mm-hmm. which means he is the problem. Like it's no longer like. Him and KD, you know, just had some situations where they felt like each other would play differently, so whatever, fine. But now you bring in Carmelo and Paul George, and you're seeing the same sort of shit out of uh, Westbrook. When the ball's not in his hand, he has no effort. He has no want to do anything. He feels like, mission accomplished. I passed the ball. I think this, Now it's on you to finish. Yeah, I think the stat was he set one screen so far, or one screen for Carmelo Anthony to get open. Yeah. Like, I mean... Unless he's engaged, unless he becomes magically a team player, which almost is a joke, because last year I was defending him. Like, mm-hmm. this is a guy on a team with one talented player in Steven Adams, and he is dragging this team to the playoffs on his own. He's getting 10 assists a night with guys who can't shoot the ball, and it was just all, all this stuff. And now I'm starting to look back, and I'm like, man, maybe that's just who he is. Well, and looking at that, looking talking about the, the players that were on his team last year, Victor Oladipo is absolutely unreal right now yeah. out in Indy. You look at Enos Cantor, him with... KP has been unreal so far as mm-hmm. well. Sabonis is looking real nice. Yes. I mean, looking at all the players having success outside of OKC, do you feel like that is you know kind of hurting the situation in <laughs> OKC right now? Yeah. Because you look back and you're like, well, again, is is it more on Russ or is it just the fact that you know these are three star players still trying to gel? No, it's it's the system or Russ. I don't know necessarily if I want to blame one over the other right now, but. The the problem is the system. It's the problem with like you have these talented pieces, but square peg round hole. Like it just doesn't work the way you've got it. You have to make adjustments. And you're right. The way Oladipo is playing out out the gates, looking like an all star. I mean, he looks. He he just is incredible right now, and mm-hmm. makes Orlando look like a joke. Makes OKC look like they were misusing him as a talent. And Sabonis has improved efficiency wise. He's doing things out there. He's getting way more minutes. Looks great. And like you said, Canner with KP has been a great pairing. So. Honestly, I think it's just you you put the guys in the right situation to succeed. OKC is failing at that core basic level, and they're not going to win games consistently. They're winning games because 
they have so much more talent than other players where just by a roll of the dice, you're going to outperform them some nights. Yeah, great. But consistently, are they going to do that? No. Can they do that against top teams for more than two games at a time? I haven't seen it yet. I'll, I'll be impressed if they do. And one thing, too, we saw Russ drag this team to the playoffs yeah. last year. We, we see the talent on this team. They're currently in a playoff spot. Obviously, you don't want to lose Paul George for nothing. You, right. you, you traded Oladipo. You traded Sabonis, two guys that have high powers. And if you're you know, going to be an eighth seed going up against the, the Rockets or Warriors, or you're going to be a seventh seed going up against the Rockets or Warriors, your playoffs are ending early. Yeah. So looking at it, what point do you feel like is kind of the tipping point of, all right, we're going to trade Paul George or we're going to explore trading Paul George, mm-hmm. and all right, we're going to hold it and we're going to run for the playoffs? Do you feel like there's a certain point, a f- certain you know plateau or benchmark this team needs to reach for you know them to either go all in on trading Paul George or at least pulling back on the trade thoughts? I honestly think if they hit like 25 losses before, I don't know, I feel like 25 loss, 30 loss, that's the mark. Like if they get to that range, like, fairly soon, I'm freaking out if I'm okay. See, I'm hitting the panic button. I'm like, okay, this shit doesn't work. Let's get value. We have Russ on a long-term contract. Mel's going to uh, agree he's because gonna he's going to take his offer yeah. because that's just too much money to pass up on. So you might as well move Paul George, get something back, whether it's the value of you know people who are throwing out the uh, Brooklyn pick from the Cavs as an option. Seems very lucrative because <laughs> Brooklyn's been hurt all the time right now this season, so they could be, you know, a fairly good lottery pick. Um, value out there is going to be kind of bouncing because there are a lot of names who are being tossed out there in this trade deadline as it comes up. Before we get to the value, yeah. um, do you feel like he will be traded? Yes or no? Yeah, I just feel like they, they've they been burned once. Mm-hmm. I think they realistically have zero belief that they will be able to re-sign him. This was a one-year. If we can prove it to him that we can go... He'll resign. Like we can do this together. I feel like you know you look back at it, and you're like, holy crap, you got Serge Ibaka for Paul George. Like on the, the the baseline, that's crazy. But you see all the talent that's come in and out between yeah. that from that Serge Ibaka and, and Victor Oladipo. Well, it's trade. the talent that's performing elsewhere. That's the yeah. problem. It's when you brought these guys in, you you got what, and then and then the fact that if you're if you're gonna lose Serge Ibaka, Victor Oladipo, Sabonis, Paul George. And the fact that KD left, I feel like you're, you're right. If they're going to get to a certain plateau and, and they hit that certain plateau, I feel if you're you're near the trade deadline and you're not above the fourth seed, you're not. Paul George isn't staying on this team. He's, yeah. he's getting traded. Um, I, I think looking at that and taking that all in, um, it's really about what his value is going to be because he's going to be an expiring contract. You're getting him for two months. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be crazy. I mean, people talk about the the Brooklyn pick, right. but then again, they're going to be in the kind of panic situation of we need to move him. We saw that last year with Boogie, and Boogie yeah. still had time on his contract, <laughs> and they fucked that up. Yeah. Um, they apparently passed down a better deal. I mean, <laughs> like, looking at all of this, I mean, it, it, Sam Presti isn't Vladi Divac. He's a very capable GM. Yes. But do you feel like his, his you know, value is going to be diminished, Paul George, that is, because of, you know, the, the current contract situation that he's in, the fact that he's not going to truly resign anywhere, or, you know, possibly the, the you know, option is out there that he might not resign with the team. Right. Do you feel like the Cavs would be like, okay, Paul George is going to help us this much that we're going to give up the possible future, especially with, you know, LeBron James possibly leaving? It screams Cavs move to me, to be honest really? with you. Yeah, because this is it. They're, they're all inning. LeBron James like, look, we brought you your best friend in Dwayne Wade. We're going to have Isaiah Thomas is going to be healthy. If Derrick Rose decides to play basketball again, you're going to have a stacked team. And if you can go ahead and drop that Brooklyn pick to bring in either Paul George or a player like maybe DeAndre Jordan, mm-hmm. any one of the biggest names in during this trade talks, like that's immense. Like LeBron gets what he wants, period. And if you can have one of those guys play with LeBron, we've seen it happen. Guys like to play with him. Guys will take cuts to play with him. So I think that like... He's a guy, Paul George was someone who LeBron recruited during the summer, you know, illegally, you know, whatever tampering rules be gone, but, like, they have talked numerous times, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Cavs are like, let's go out, get Paul George, we're going to go ahead, we're going we're gonna to go for the championship this year, and if we get a championship this year, LeBron's going to stay, we can get Paul George to stay on a deal, maybe even Isaiah Thomas, like, we can really turn this into another continuing situation like keep building on that so you feel like if you get paul george it's a for sure that lebron will stay is i think that, that it's paul you, george that's what the, that means if they make high that percentage move. of championship which means if they win the, i think they need to win the championship for him to stay okay to be honest like that's and right or wrong that's just where i'm at right now like he has carried this team back out of the dregs like to start the season lebron yeah so i i feel he's invested in winning They've got a team, uh, again, another team on paper, 
but because Isaiah's been out, Derek's been out, like we haven't seen them fully perform. So if you add Paul George to that roster, there's no yeah, way they no can't compete against against the Warriors for a championship. Like those by no far are the yeah, two best rosters in the league. No one's yeah. out in that, but at least going back to the value, I mean, yeah. do you feel like his value is for sure a you know, lottery pick where you're throwing away possibly your future if LeBron doesn't stay. I mean... How is, is, all in are you on LeBron James? And, and the whole thing, at least with that is, I mean, not only speaking to the Cavs, but again, he's a two-month rental. It's not a for sure given that he's right. going to be staying around. What is his it's value? Do you feel like it's going to be driven up just due to the fact that it's Paul George and people are going to want him? No, I don't. I think I think the, the knee-jerk reaction is the Cavs. They're the ones who will overpay, if anyone. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, I think, like you said... It's an interesting market for Paul George because while he is an extremely talented player, it's a two-month deal. You're getting him for a playoff push. And how many teams realistically are going for a playoff push? We mentioned earlier, maybe the Rockets do something crazy. Maybe they toss their name in the ring for that. I don't know what kind of deal it would take, but I could see them being involved. There's it, it, The problem is like the East, like realistically, who's, who's going to toss in an offer? No, the Bucks need a center. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't need another guard out there or a uh, wing. Even Boston doesn't need a wing. Boston doesn't need a wing. Jalen Brown. Yeah. You got Gordon Hayward coming back. You got Jason Tatum. And to be fair, like anything beyond that, Otto Porter is doing fine for the Wizards. They don't need. They. I mm-hmm. mean, depth. Whatever. If they bump something, that doesn't make sense. I mean, you can go super small ball. Yeah. Or, otherwise, Toronto. Four. Toronto is the only other team. Like mm-hmm. beyond that, I'm not even discussing the East because nobody beyond that matters. I mean, no one's going to compete. I, I mean, I want to bring them up, 76ers. <sighs> fuck you. I mean, well, <laughs> fuck me, but like, I mean, look at it. Looking at it, I mean, they yes. have high draft picks. Yes, they I, do. I mean, they 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 could possibly entice them. Yes. And if they can keep Paul George, I mean, you bring in that. You have Ben Simmons, Paul George, Rocco, Rocco. You have Christ. Joel Embiid. You have Markel Fultz. It's a pretty decent team right there. Yeah. And I, mean, I know that that might not beat the Cavs in your first year in the playoffs. <laughs> it's a pretty damn good team. Okay. And, you have, and you have the picks. Yeah. And the whole point of the process is to take these picks and turn them well, into something. Well, that's a question. What would OKC want for Paul George? Would they want picks or would they want someone who might better fit a system that mm. benefits Russell Westbrook? And that's what was something I was going to bring up too because maybe even Paul George leaving kind of you know clears a logjam and you know, let's Russ you know score a little bit more, be more of Russ. Well, that's a funny and thing. Then like, you, Paul George is shooting forty percent right yeah, now. I, oh, Paul George is he, playing bad right now. Yeah. I well, mean, he's not playing great, but, but he's not. Yeah. But still, I mean, you look at Paul. Like he's not playing to his money right now. But right. you wouldn't call Paul George a bad NBA player. No, no. no. I mean, right now he's still having an okay season for yep. like a, a you know a, a decent player. Yeah. Um. And we know he started off slow last year, and he picked it up near the end. Yeah. My thing is just the fact that I feel like his his value is going to be taken down. I feel like people won't take that risk because he's only going to be there for two months. You don't know exactly where he's going to be. He's heavily tied to L.A. because he's from there. Mm-hmm. I just feel like people, he, he has the value, at least talent-wise, but I feel like people are going to not really go for him, not really bite on him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like OKC is kind of iffy on trading him. So the fact that if they're not going to get the value they want, they can pull back. And that value might be picks just so they can, you know, at least, you know, move those picks for possibly players that do fit their system and multiple players to fit that system because, you know, Melo is aging and you're going to have him next year. Yeah. But if you can add more players that are talented around them, add they more get some shooting. salary room too. Yeah, I feel like that might, you know, might at least clear stuff up and might at least say, hey, we have two talented guys here. Let's just add depth around the team because it's not a deep team Yeah. Uh, in, in OKC. I feel like the value that they'll want is is picks so they can clear up cap space and they can clear up room and, and build a deeper team. I feel like that would probably be Sam Presti's move because he tried the whole three stars. It's not yeah. working so far. And if they're at the point where they want to trade Paul George, they're going to trade him be- and, and they're going to go away from the three-star mentality because two stars worked for him before, <laughs> KD and Russell Westbrook. I know they didn't you know, win a championship, but they still had some success, clearly. Yeah. They also had Harden off the bench. They, well, but then even without I know, he Harden. Was, he wasn't I mean, Harden at the time. No, really. but I'm saying even like before KD left. I mean, right. They still made it to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. The worst seven games. Um, but you still need that depth on that team. And I feel like um, it's going to end up being that Paul George doesn't get traded. They're not going to get the value that they want. And they're going to let him walk for nothing. And I feel like people are going to be like, all right, this was a terrible move. But it's you know a kind of an understandable move because you're not going to pass up on getting a chance Paul at Paul George. The problem is like and Russell Westbrook. At what at what point is it then Billy Donovan's problem? At what point is it then Russell Westbrook's problem? That- I think it's right now. I think it's right now that it's a Billy Donovan problem. I think it's a Russell Westbrook problem. And if Billy Donovan can't make it work, then I mean he's we, we've been going after seat. coaches early this season. To be honest, is is he a guy who like is, if he can't take these three superstars staple together to 
you know, the, out of the first round of the playoffs? Is it just now? I am pretty sure when we first ranked coaches, I you guys had Billy Donovan pretty high, and I said that he was overrated. Fairly high. I, I want to say like teens. I said I think I think and I think I had him the lowest. I think yeah. I said that he was overrated. Maybe I'm completely wrong on that. <laughs> if anyone wants to go, feels fact like check, it now though. Definitely go fact check. But again, it's something where we saw Scotty Brooks, yeah, basic coach, Billy Donovan, basic coach. They can succeed because you have talent on that team. And, and right now, Billy Donovan's not even succeeding. He succeeded in spite of Ru- Russell Westbrook last year. They made it to the playoffs, but it wasn't like, you know, that team was great. Yeah. And, and it was really just nothing, you know, Billy Donovan was doing. It's just because Russell Westbrook had an unreal, yeah. unprecedented season. Yeah. Um, I feel like if they're not able to make it work, they're not able to trade Paul George. I think Presti might have some heat. I don't think really he deserves it um, because, again, you're not going to pass up getting yeah. those three. Um, and it's really not your fault that Russell Westbrook's not playing the way that he should be. Well, he, you already signed yeah. him to a, to a long-term deal. People of OKC love him. He's still a fantastic basketball mm-hmm. player. Um, but I feel like it's going to be more on the coach. I feel like it's going to be a, a lot of pressure on Billy Donovan. I think Russ's seat's going to get warm to be like, all right, you have to step up your game. And not just in the fact that you got to st- uh, you know, stuff the stat sheet. You also have to, you have to be play a, a system teammate. that yeah. uh, you know, actually does things for your team and wins games instead of being selfish. Final thoughts on Paul Final thoughts. I sort of want to see him in like Cleveland or in Toronto. I don't, I don't want to see him in Cleveland at all. Eh, I think I think it makes the NBA Finals more interesting. That's all. I'd like to see him in, in Houston. You brought it up. Houston, I'd like to see him in Houston. Yeah. Uh, you imagine that? They're wild card. Chris Paul, James Harden, Chris uh, uh, <laughs> Paul, George, <laughs> Paul George, Ryan Anderson, Clint Capella. Pretty damn good starting five yeah. right there. And then Eric, Eric Gordon coming off the bench. Yeah. I was gonna say Aaron Gordon. Could you imagine Aaron Gordon coming off the bench? <laughs> Insane team. Let us know where you think Paul George is gonna end up. At the trade deadline, if he's going to stay in OKC at the end of the year, if he's going to be on a different team, where that team's going to be. And also, if you want to throw out where you think he's going to end up in free agency, also throw that down in the comments yeah. down below. But anyways, we're moving on now, and we're talking about our final topic, which is Marc Gasol and the Memphis Grizzlies, and should the Memphis Grizzlies trade Marc Gasol. So looking at it right now, bottom of the Western Conference, 8-21-9 and and in their past 10. Yeah. Memphis Grizzlies have been struggling, already fired Coach Dave Fisdale, and now looking at it, not a lot of bright futures ahead, or not a bright future ahead. At least not a light, not a light bright future. <laughs> light bright. Uh, at least looking ahead, though, not a bright future in Memphis. Yeah. Looking at Marc Gasol, you have a piece that is at least valuable. Do you feel like Marc Gasol will be traded by the Memphis Grizzlies? I, I do because they honestly need to restart somewhere because the talent on this team right now. You're not going to win anything with Marcus Gasol and an injured Mike Conley. Tyreek Evans outperforming. Called it. Just, just saying. Mm-hmm. And then um, who, who's the boy who uh, has just been injured his entire career? But got Chandler Parsons. Yeah, that guy. That guy, Chandler the Parsons. The boy. The boy. Uh, the haircut, man. He looks like 12 sometimes. Um, honestly, like, you, you need to rebuild around young talent. The roster you had is no longer the grit and grind Grizzlies of the past. Like, that's over with. It's done. Move on. Gasol has talent, and Gasol has value. Move on. Get something for the future. Get building blocks. Don't care at this point what it is, but you just need to like understand that and realize that this is the time to flip the franchise. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, we, we look back and we were talking after Fisdale got fired, that yeah. they made the wrong move, that they should have moved Marcus Gasol, but it seems like they're going to be doing it anyways. And, yeah. and I feel like that's the right move. They should do it, not only just for respect for Marcus Gasol. I mean, you should be moving him just because this guy's given everything to Memphis so far throughout his career. Yeah. He deserves a shot at winning a title. And if you're able to move him to a team that is at least in a position, and a decent position going ahead in the future, that's you know something out of respect. At least give him a fighting deserves. chance. Like this is this is just kind of sad to been with their last ten games to watch yeah, them. This lose has been pathetic. So much, and especially with the whole Fizdale thing, where you fire yeah. the coach and then these names kind of drag through the media. Maybe he didn't handle it right as professional, but yeah. overall, I mean, Marcus Saul's done nothing but been playing a you know great basketball for the Memphis Grizzlies. I feel like out of respect, it should happen. I feel like out of respect, it will happen, and I feel like you know it's the right move for Memphis. Yeah. Looking at teams that are out there though, Dave, what teams are you kind of focusing in on? as potential suitors for a Marcus All that could really help this team help a team really push towards the playoffs or possibly even a championship. Yeah, I think the one that kind of hits hardest for me is legitimizing a team in the East and the Bucks because this is a team that would love to have someone like Marcus All come in and anchor down that five for them. They've got some young talent they would have to give up or maybe draft picks. Like that's a problem. They would have to give up some of their youth, but at the same time you get an anchor like him to pair with Giannis to pair with that offense, uh, Chris Bled- Middleton, Jabari Parker, Bledsoe in there. Bledsoe. I mean, like, this is a legit roster that now you just got rid of one of the biggest weaknesses you have. If you can dominate down low with him and his passing ability, like, 
that fit would be great, and it would bring them right up underneath the Celtics. And honestly, it, it, it brings them into the conversation to compete. Do you worry, at least with Marcus Gasol, the fact that he is a little bit older, he's not as athletic as he used to be, and you look at the Bucs, this is a very athletic and long team. Do you, they do are. you have a worry about that, or do you feel like I he's just going to fit I, in I just because he's a I haven't checked his wingspan. You know, if his wingspan's not 7'2", like he's failing as a Buck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's out of the fear of the deer, then. I don't want you to explain anything else. That was a perfect response. What other teams are you looking at, at least, uh, to, to be suitors for Marcus uh, One of the interesting, interesting ones that had come up was Portland, actually. And this was just like an upgrade kind of situation, because we watched last year we were all really high on how they finished out the year with Nurkic playing really well uh, pairing with Damon CJ kind of filling out trying to balance the team obviously they still need a wing to truly challenge but it would be a huge step up for them because Nurkic has been struggling to get this year started and again I, I feel like the the ability to pass out of the low post is huge the ability to take good shots and be a really high IQ player mm. that Gasol is that'd be a huge upgrade for them to have and honestly might kind of be like the kick in the ass to get them going again because yeah. this isn't the Blazers that we're used to seeing. No, and it, this is a team, too. I mean, you look at least defensively as well. I mean, Marcus Gasol, former defensive player of the year. I mean, he's yeah. not at that level anymore, but he also brings outside shooting of, yeah. you know, of late, at least you know past two years. He's been a decent outside shooter. So not only is he at least going to stretch the floor when a guy like Evan Turner is on the floor, a guy who usually cuts to the basket, yeah. a guy that usually is a guy that you know attacks and is more of a slasher, that's going to at least open up space. And if he's able to kick it out and just you know, swing it around, that's going to open it up for Marcus All for you know possible three. So I feel like that's definitely a nice fit. Uh, two other teams that we mentioned, uh, Cavs for sure. I mean, you look at them yeah. down low. Um, obviously, Tristan Thompson down there. I mean, hasn't been great. You know, adding that ability to be a great passer out of the low post going to help Caleb. He also can stretch the floor as well. Going to bring that rebounding. Going to bring defense uh, to the Cavs. The other team I thought you you mentioned was interesting was the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a team that is struggling defensively to say mm-hmm. the least. I mean, they have had. So many problems with trying to stop teams from scoring like 110. Yeah, would cats, be nice. Cats jumping up on Euro steps twice, <laughs> looking like a fool. Batman bites on everything, which yeah. is just fantastic. As as someone who's been a criticizer of his defense, um, this is a team that if you move Cat over to the four, bring Taj off the bench, he's used to it, he's fine with it. Like, I think that would be amazing for them because holy crap! Now you have Jimmy Butler. Uh, being able to guard whatever the best wing is out there, mm. and you have Gasol being able to close the lane for players, that is scary. That Again, we're talking about changing the culture. Now you have three guys in there who play defense between Gasol, um, Teague. Teague, and Butler, and even even Taj still. Like, mm-hmm. Again, the more talent you bring in, the better you are off, because you're not bringing in somebody who just is a turnstile. Yeah. And moving Cat over the four will help hide some of those weaknesses because guess what? He's away from the basket. He's still very long, very quick. He can get his hand up to contest shots on the side. Like, I would feel more comfortable with him playing from the four if I could get someone like Gasol at the five, 100%. It's definitely interesting. I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's not unlikely, but I think it would be an interesting match. Not a lot of pieces out there to be moved yep. for the Timberwolves to get a Marcus Gasol. Definitely could be interesting, the fact that you're you know thinking about moving Cat over the four and how those two would play yeah. down low. But you also look at it, I mean, maybe that's even you know one of the better you know one-two pairs, probably the second-best one-two pair behind Boogie and AD in the NBA because yeah. you got you know a great player in Marcus Gasol <laughs> and Cat who, I you know, defensively, it's terrible. I don't <laughs> but offensively, that but kid. offensively, that kid could do things. Unreal. <laughs> um, so, I mean, looking at it, you're going to have a nice one-two punch offensively with, you know, Mark Gasol's ability to score, and obviously the and the, the thing the is, the unselfishness of, of Gasol mm-hmm. too. Gasol's not a guy who needs to come in and take over the ball. He doesn't need to dominate. He's somebody who is always going to make the smart pass out for the high percent shots, and that's you want unselfishness. Yeah, at least out of the four teams that we mentioned, I feel like that's probably the least likely oh, yeah. one to happen. It'd be awesome to see. But if you had to pick one team out, you know, in the total NBA, maybe we didn't even mention them. That is a you know fit for Mark Gasol that you see him playing on in this season, or at least you know, away from the Grizzlies, for the season, who do you think that team will be? If it has to come down to one team, I would probably still go back to the Cavs, and that's the bullshit thing. Like, I feel like we're just default. Oh, we just talked you, about Paul you need a talented player? Let's, let's get Marcus off. You need a talented player? Look mm-hmm. at the Cavs. The Cavs need talented. And it's crazy how we're like, we need to arm up the Cavs so much, but that Brooklyn pick is just like the golden goose this year. It's Everybody wants to go after it. They've got it. We'll see if they cash it in for something to compete this year. That one works. The one I did want to ask you, though, you mentioned this team, the Pistons. And oh, yeah. Well, just how, how bad do you feel like, would that truly be giving up on Andre Drummond? He's under contract for a couple more years. The only reason why I throw out Drummond, Drummond's having a great season. Yeah, but he's, we, he's 
performing quite we've well. We've talked about the at least idea of Drummond being moved before, yep. and it's something where again he just hasn't been a nice fit at least you know culture wise. Out in out in Detroit, he had a you know down year last year. Really came back on strong this year. Yeah. Still a young player, so rebuild wise, that'd be nice for the Grizzlies. But I think that's something where you're probably gonna have to give up picks to get yeah. a guy like Andre Drummond. You know, you get a talented player out in Detroit, but the problem out there still to me is you know the lack of defense playing by Tobias Harris and <laughs> Reggie Jackson isn't that great of a point <laughs> yeah. guard. Um, so I think there's still some problems out there for Detroit. I feel like that's probably even a longer shot than yeah. Minnesota. So I and another team I think we threw out was it was it no we, we threw out Paul George for the Sixers. Um, I saw the Sixers. Yes, because we need another center on the Sixers. I'm yeah, in. True. I don't know. What I'm, I'm in about. on that deal. Uh, at least for the Sixers, <laughs> I don't know why I mentioned it. It's been a long day. Uh, but anyways, um, I agree with you. That's the cast. It's the default, but they have the best weapon, like yeah. you mentioned. And there's a need for him, at least at the center position. And it's going to improve the Cavs if it, if it does end up happening. Yep. I feel like he's going to get moved, but I feel like it's not going to be a team that we mentioned. I feel like it's going to be happening Wild to cards. Could be the Raptors the or, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe the Raptors. We saw the Celtics thrown out there, but that was for Al Horford straight up, which is ridiculous. We saw the Spurs out there for uh, yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge straight up, which was absolutely ridiculous. No way in hell that happens. Just because <sighs> his brother's on the team doesn't mean it's You want to pair the Gasols up, man. Bring back the Spain team. No one cares. Get no Ricky Rubio out there. No one wants to see that. Pop's not making that deal. Uh, <laughs> let us know where uh, Marcus. I was gonna say Paul Gasol. Uh, where, let us know where Marcus is gonna end up at the end of the season. Is he gonna stay a, a Grizzly lifer? Are they gonna drag him through this losing season? Possibly. Is he be their Dirk? Let us know in the comments. Is Marcus All gonna be the Dirk of the Memphis Grizzlies? But Dirk had a nice. Dirk at least won a ring. Yeah, Dirk won two. No, one ring. One ring. I mean, he went to two two finals. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, tell us down in the comments down below. What do you think the Grizzlies will do with Marcus Saul? Will he be traded? If he is traded, where will he be traded to? But that's going to wrap up the podcast. Again, if you're listening to iTunes, give us five stars. The Onside Kick, the Primetime Podcast, the Rick and Johnny Podcast, and the Fast Break on iTunes. We'd appreciate it so much. Also, check out patreon.com slash Podcast. Pat, Christian, and our boy Jake oh, yeah. are all patrons over there at the $10 tier. But you don't have to be at the $10 tier if you're afraid of being on a podcast. You know, you're not too confident yeah. in being it. You can check out the $2 tier. We're giving you an exclusive monthly Patreon podcast. It's absolutely awesome. We have a fun time recording them mm-hmm. every single month. So definitely check that out if you are interested. And finally, we're selling t-shirts. Check the description of this video down in the comments below. You got an email, Mark and Ricky. And then I think they're using Square or something, PayPal, one of them. Just got to check details out. Details are down below. Yeah, details are down below. I don't know why I try to ad lib. Yeah, it never it's works bad. out for me. Anyways, for Dave Oster, I'm Sean Anderson. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.